Hello and welcome to season five of the Ebb and Flow podcast with Solomon Ezra. In this new season, we're focusing on holistic wellness and Hasidic Jewish wisdom so we can each thrive in body, mind, and soul. If you're new to this show or if you haven't seen it yet, a good place to start is the recent YouTube video or podcast trailer entitled Ebb and Flow, Holistic Hasidic Health. In that video or audio, you will hear all about this new season, who it's for, my newsletter that comes out every Friday, and coaching services. Please leave a review about today's show and today's guest on Apple Podcasts and head over to SolomonEzra.com or follow me on Instagram, King underscore Solomon 8 or Facebook, Solomon Ezra Brezen to learn more. And make sure to do something actionable today with your learnings and be sure to let us know via message or social media. Now onto the show. All right, my friends. Thank you. uh, Thank you for those who wanted to come and join. Everybody was here just before we had di- uh, Myriv and dinner with uh, Rabbi Duminsky's class. And I think we all kind of are really influenced by this idea of zrizus, this alacrity. And so I want to take an angle and f- with health, take an angle of health in how we can practice this alacrity and how health and holistic health and different parts throughout the day, especially while we're here at Yeshiva, can help us cultivate uh, this, this idea, this means to an end of, of alacrity, as Rabbi Dubinsky said, but also it, a goal itself. Because, as we'll uh, talk about, your physiology and your physical health and your brain health has, and your spiritual health, it's all interconnected. It's not just one or the other, it's all one. So we'll go through... Uh, I, I like to, because as we learn, you know, the Jewish day, the day starts in the evening. You know, we, ha- we have evening and then we had morning and afternoon. So we'll go through towards the end different actionable things that we can, uh, you know, put into place to, to help us uh, cultivate greater state of health, thinking, clarity, all of that, because ultimately we, so we can better be uh, a vessel and in service of, of Hashem. Um, I'll, I'll start with a parable and I'll apply it as well to health. <laughs> but so there's a parable of uh, the Baal Shem Tov, Baal Shem Tov gave of two jewelry store, store owners. Some of you guys might be familiar with it. I'm, I might have shared at one of the Shabbos meals we had together. But uh, the Baal Shem Tov says there are two righteous men that both own a uh, jewelry store. And looking at the first one, in the first uh, case, there is a, he suspects somebody's in his home, which also is the jewelry store. And he hears these sounds going on. And what does he do? He, re, he screams, he yells, he, get out of my house. He calls the police and it ends up, everything is safe. His jewelry store goes untouched. The jewelry, everything is still there. But the thief gets away. The police come, everything's okay, but the thief gets away. And if he's a clever thief, he'll find a way to finagle his way back in and steal whatever he really wants. Okay, so then the Baal Shem Tov goes to the other um, righteous man, man who also has, because it's a parable, same thing happens. He has a jewelry store. Thief, he, he hears something in his house. But what does he do? Instead of reacting like the first guy, he gets quiet, he listens, he observes the movements and the patterns of this thief in his home or jewelry store. 
and sets up traps and catches him. And ultimately, <coughs> after he catches him, there's a funny twist to the story that, you know, he ends up talking to him and see what's the real problem and gets him to work for him. So it gives him a job. But so the Baal Shem shares this parable to, to uh, obviously in representation of certain things. So what does the thief represent? The thief represents the Yetzirah, the part of us that, that wants to take away, you know, f- how we're feeling or, or from doing a certain mitzvah or like what we were, like I was saying and what Rabbi Dubinsky was talking about, the alacrity. So a certain example might be you have an opportunity to do a mitzvah and to do it promptly, but your Yetzirah comes in and says, oh, no, but maybe not, it's not the best to do it this, and you start overanalyzing it. But in the second example, he becomes aware of its tactics. Sure, it may, you know, sneak by in one way or another, because the, the Yetzirah is, it, it becomes more and more... Um, insidious with its moves, so to speak. It's hard to kind of pick up on. But if you get quiet and you listen carefully, you can pick up on it and catch it and ultimately transform it to work for you. Because the Yetzirah is just that, it's that unbounded energy that just needs to be channeled. So why do I bring this up in a context of holistic health and and health? Is because first of all, it's, it's all related. And that part of us within, with our, who we are and how we express ourselves through health, the, the Yetzirah can also kind of come in and make us feel like we're not healthy or something's wrong with us or we're not doing things the best way, whatever the case may be. So, but <laughs> to start, when it comes to health or Judaism or anything, What's the key difference in these two guys' approaches is who they, who they are. And at least not, not just who they are, but how they identify themselves. In the case of the first example with the guy reacting, the only reason somebody would react in such a way is because he feels threatened. So on one level or, or another, he perhaps thinks that he is, part of his identity is having this jewelry store, who we are. This, on a health uh, stance, this might be uh, identifying with your body. You know, I might, somebody might say, oh, I am unhealthy, or I am um, un- overweight, or I am any of this. And whatever we say after the two words, two, yeah, two words, I am, has a powerful effect, as we learn through a lot of our uh, Jewish sages. Uh, the words that you ex- express have a lot of power behind them, or even not just that, but your thoughts. As the Baal Shem Tov says, wherever, as the Baal Shem Tov says, wherever your thoughts are, you are. <coughs> Moving to the second parable, the guy has a strong foundation of who he is. I am. We all are uh, neshamas, our souls have within a body. But if we identify and move from that place, then having this jewelry store per se, is some, it's a role that I play, it's something I'm inhabiting, but I'm not gonna feel, and I'm gonna still protect it and take care of it, the best, and honor it, etc. But I'm not going to 
react to, to something or feel threatened. And in that way, it's actually the most uh, protective, as we'll see, and being able to dance rather than fight that Yetzir um, Hara within us that wants to convince us, you know, maybe we're not healthy or whatever the case may be. The dancing is actually uh, the better, optimal approach. A cool thing I, uh, in, on topic of that that I learned, uh, a close friend of mine shared, I think, in the words of uh, Rabbi Weinberger from the Five Towns in Asia Torah. Asia Kodesh. Kodesh, thank you very much. Asia Kodesh. Kodesh. Is that in Sukkot de Zimra, in the part of Sukkot de Zimra when we, we daven, there, it's, it's related to like cutting, cutting through the thorns per se, like you, before you get to the Shema where you want to be in complete uh, awareness of the unity of Hashem and God's unity, you kind of break through or cut through the thorns, so to speak, of, you know, where's your presence? You're thinking about maybe something that happens later or whatever the case may be. But immediately after that, we have the hallelujahs. We're praising. So the, the way to, to get present and to get to uh, fight, so to speak, isn't by like... A brutal, a, bru- um, a brutal battle, but by by dancing, by singing. So, <coughs> with um, so this second righteous man, a key part of it also in regard to identity, is precisely in how the Baal Shem Tov says both of the, both of these men are righteous men, because in in uh, Isaiah, I, th- I think chapter sixty it is, it says your nation is righteous. All of us are righteous um, people. We're, we are tzaddikim. We are in, in this body. And, it's, and this also with health, it's not a matter of, oh, I need to have health or I need to make health. It's re- more so returning to shuva, returning to our natural state of health, which is our greatest expression. <coughs> and this, in, in Hebrew, this term or this concept of um, being able to ob- observe and listen to the Yetzirah, in this case that thief, is called Hishtavut. It's like equanimity. There's, there's a verse, I don't remember actually, I've got to look it up, um, that the Baal Shem Tov says, but it's, I place Hashem before me always, but the word in there Tell me out if, it, if anybody recalls this. But one of the words is there is uh, shavisi, which comes from hishtavut, which means equanimity. So it's I place, or I have, hash, I have equanimity, and therefore I, I know everything is from Hashem. So with that in mind, knowing, all right, I am a neshama, I am a, I am a tzaddik in this body. <coughs> of course, rel- relative term, um, we're all striving to be tzaddikim, especially as, as the t- in the Tanya, the Altar Rebbe, it talks about, or God willing. Um, but, so that's like the basis. But then on top of that, we have like this equanimity. How can I observe and know that this threat, this is actually something that's there, that it's not so much a threat, it's, it can be channeled and harnessed into uh, really a better expression in case of that uh, thief. <coughs> and um, we also have a hint of this in, in the Shema. 
if you ever notice when we get to the Shema, the 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 Ayin in Shema and the Dalit in Echad are are larger and bold. When you put the two letters Ayin and Dalit together, it means witness. Ad. So Ed, thank you. So it's a witness. In this case, the, the first or the second uh, jewelry owner is a witness to what's going on uh, around him. But he, remember, he's not feeling threatened. And also, if you switch it the opposite way, you have da, knowledge. Knowledge that ultimately everything is coming from Hashem. So that's a little bit of a, a basis as far as, you know, who are we? We are souls in, our, uh, in the body, our special nishamot, nishamas. And so by identifying with that, then we also know that we can change. We have this possibility that we can envision and connect with you know, a greater expression um, of ourself, of what that, that looks like. Because it, we're, not, we're not and we never are stuck you know, in our ways of being. We, can, we have the power and the different tools, as I'll now get into talking a little bit about, to help us cultivate this greater energy, greater awareness, to not only um, influence and change, not only subdue, but change and transform our, uh, our garments, our expressions of how we think, how we feel, and how we act. I added, the, or not added but the feeling is in there. Um, even though the garments, spiritual garments, is taught speech and action, but it, in, including the the feeling, because when we when we're feeling well, it's also influencing the way that we're thinking about things and how we are engaging throughout the day. <coughs> so, to start with. Um, like the evening, and uh, it was it's funny enough that Dr. Uh, doctor, Rabbi Dubinsky, maybe he is a doctor, soul doctor, also shared how the real alarm clock is, is for sleep. Sleep is, sleep is really important, and often I hear uh, from different sources that a good night's sleep, it, it may, not, may be even the most important uh, thing. There was a, a, a study um, out of Stanford that showed that even just one, I think from 2014, that even just one um, night of sleep deprivation can have a, a, sub, a substantial effect on your satiety, on how you're, how you're eating, how you're approaching eat, and how much you're going to eat. Because we have these hormones called leptin and ghrelin. Leptin is the one that lets you know like you're, you're, you're full and ghrelin is when like it, it constantly wants to eat. So when you don't get enough sleep, you know, sometimes um, maybe some, you've gone on an overnight flight or an early flight and you just didn't get to sleep and you come home and, and you just really are craving some, some kind of food. It's because the, through the cycle uh, and, and the rest, it didn't really get to um, harm, harmonize, so to speak. So once, as an actionable kind of thing, when you get prepared uh, to sleep, optimal times are, you know, between uh, 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. 
of course, um, all of this should be taking, like, be intentional with it, but not so rigid, as I'll get to talking with the mindset uh, aspect and how to approach, how to approach it all. Because, of course, you have upbringings and things you're not always going to get into to bed on, uh, on time. Nor with nutrition are you always going to, to eat the most nutrition, nu- nutritious meal. So it's like an 80-20 kind of rule. <coughs> so also we, we learn that towards the evening time, your body is starting to produce more melatonin, which is puts you to sleep. So you can think of it as a as to the way to remember it is Sarah. Sarah gets you up and Mel, Mel puts you to sleep. Melatonin, melatonin, it helps you helps you go to bed. Serotonin in the morning is how you get up. So to help regulate that and not to um, to harm it, so to speak, is a lot. You know how much food, and we'll talk about it a little bit in the nutrition, but when to not just what you eat, but also times when you eat, how much time before uh, going to bed will help your body kind of go through a full cycle. So when you go to bed, you're not, your body's still not di- trying to digi- digi- digest whatever you're eating. Uh, additionally, the light, if, if we're on our technology very close to bed, the, the blue light that comes from the phone can, um, can affect the, like our body has a lot of um, photoreceptors, so if there, if it's seeing a lot of light, um, it'll it it it'll on a on one level think that it's awake. Yeah, you have a question. Just like what you're saying, it affects the circadian rhythm. Yes, thank you. It okay. it it affects the circadian rhythm because then you you might be in bed and close your eyes, but your body's still waiting to go uh, to sleep. I remember even hearing a a study one time where they put people in a, uh, a dark room to go to bed and there was just a light that they left on near, near maybe their leg or somewhere and they did some kind of testings observing the different part of the body and it felt that it, it somehow, I don't remember the exact uh, results, but to some extent it, it's the, the leg or that part of the body felt was still working or wasn't like really um, resting. <coughs> so that's one way. Also, part of going to sleep, um, not just when we approach prayers, but this concept of like intention, kavana, you know, before you're going to bed, how, how are you getting into bed? How are you approaching bed? How are you kind of setting up for the next day. The best morning routine, the best day, actually starts the night before. And just by setting an intention, you know, I'm going, I'm waking up tomorrow full of energy, something of that sort, actually will have a profound effect than just jumping in bed, closing, you know, throwing the covers over and whatever. It's about that. In a, in a way, that's also aligned with Zerisus. It's not necessarily, you know, quick to do it, but it's prompt. It's doing it in a in a effective, intentional, purpose-driven way. <coughs> so walking through this this day, so to speak, we've you have sleep, you have uh, you get up in the morning. What can you do before you go to the, your class or just anything else 
so that you are mentally sharp and, and full of energy. So here I'll, I'll add and I'll talk a little bit about um, meditation. Um, the, the rabbis ask that I not guide a meditation for some reasons. Um, but just like with setting an intention before you go to sleep, meditation also can serve as a way to, before you go out in the world, so to speak, you're taking some time to really co uh, connect, center yourself. You can even walk through your entire day and begin to put intention and consciousness towards how do I want to express myself today? What's not how do I want to, what's the best expression of myself today? When I show up to Hasidic class, how, how can I be more actively involved with, with what Rabbi is talking about? How can I, when, when, when I come across uh, this guy and he just triggers to me get annoyed because he's just that kind of person, how do I not react or bring him down? How do I listen? You know, and, and how, do I, how can I look at him through the lens of love and, you know, and get past this, these feelings of annoyance? How, another thing is just closing, out the, closing the eyes and rehearsing this, how, this expression, how do I want to show up? Um, and also working on, <coughs> working on one's, oneself one's in, rela in relation to health. Um, or if you're working on a certain character trait, how will it, um, in, in that case, like for an example, say, say you really want to work on not being so annoyed by um, some people, you begin to become conscious and review, if this comes up, how will I respond in a different way? So then that way you're actually beginning to um, b lay down um, ahead of time a, a response that if a situation like that comes up, how will I res respond differently? And to dive in a little bit uh, in the science of that and w where visualization works, and now I'll focus in on meditation when it comes to, let's say, specifically towards uh, health, even though it's all been pretty much health, <coughs> is when you take time to disconnect from the senses, you're not, you know, completely like disregarding them, but you're giving the body a, a, a rest, so to speak. There's so much stimuli that's constantly coming in throughout the day. You have just other people and other things that you can pay attention to. You have your notifications on your phone. You have all the classes. There's so much thing also just at any moment that you can pay attention to. Also information that's coming in, you know, through all the, all the senses, <clears throat> touch, phys, uh, visually, audio, whatever the case may be, taste. So by in the morning, closing your eyes in the silence or listening to, to soft music or a guided meditation, maybe even an, uh, a nigan, you begin to place more attention on your inner environment on your inner world <coughs> and and in that way it heal it has a lot of physiological effects the body begins to heal itself you begin to the brain begins to communicate a lot more in harmony 
So instead of throughout the day, we have, or in general, there are, we have, our brain is in different brain wave states. So right now we're all pretty much in a medium beta brain state. We're all actively uh, thinking, doing things, etc. So, but when we are, when it can, we can sometimes get overly analytical in which our brain, we would be in a high beta brain wave state and which in that state, if we're thinking, like if we're trying to think about solving a problem or get to a, how can I um, do something better, we're all, from any state of stress would only be making the brain worse. So by disconnecting, focusing on the, our breath, maybe just the sensations on our body, then even bringing to mind, like you have different avenues, you, you can just have that awareness and just hit, hit, hit bone in it in a way in which you're just kind of in, sol in uh, solitude or you can contemplate uh, at some point, maybe in preparation for Hasidus or a little bit of a blend, like in the meditations that I do in the morning, the beginning part is, is just kind of focusing on gratitude. I don't know about you guys sometimes, but I don't always wake up on the bright side of the bed. We get up, we know we have, oh, I got this to do, or these just worries that we're not even necessarily thinking of or aware of. They just almost seem like they come out of nowhere. So by take by cultivating and generating that energy, so to speak, and focusing on gratitude, then when I get up and out and, and, and live the day, so to speak, then I'm, I've already practiced that, that, that now it's not requiring as much effort or energy to, to, um, to continue throughout the, throughout the day. <coughs> kind of like how in chakras, we have a longer chakras and then Mincha Mayrev are a little bit shorter because it, you've done the majority of the work of, of getting past all of those doubts and worries and whatever it may be, tiredness, that just throughout the day, it only takes a little bit more, a little bit of the effort to, to maintain it. So too with uh, meditation and rehearsing, you know, being gratitude, being open to learning and uh, all, the, uh, all the above. Also, just another um, important thing on uh, meditation, prayer, is, is being present. We talk, and, and Rabbi uh, Dick spoke about it on um, Shabbos at the Forbringen, but this idea of really just being present and not rush, rushing. There's a, a, a Yiddish um, adverb that says, you miss an hour in the morning, you chase it the rest of the day. So by really being intentional in the first, first part of the day, then, and you're learning to really cultivating that presence, when you're present, you are in your healthiest state of being. You're not worried about something that happened in the past, or you're not an anxious about something that may happen in the future, because any of those is out of the present moment. But when you're present, all the parts of your brain are communicating effectively, and communicating throughout the body optimally. And so you're, not only are you m most aligned, so to speak, with Hashem, but everything is optimally functioning. Also, cool fact, when we, 
they, they've done brain scans on somebody who's worried and somebody who's anxious, and they're pretty much the same thing, which is very fascinating. So with that presence with meditation, when you're really present, like really in the moment, really focused and in that state of flow or that zone, your body and your brain doesn't know the difference between a thought or an experience. I'll, I'll repeat it. Your body doesn't know a difference between a thought or an experience. So if you can get present, get calm, focus on gratitude, and then you bring to mind, you know, a, a certain vision of yourself in, you know, either throughout the day, or what is, what does your greatest expression of health look like? Now, this isn't saying, or, or you can apply it to other uh, things you want to experience. This is where there's different um, opinions when it comes to, you know, what's a popular, popular word nowadays, um, manifestation. It's, this idea isn't in contradiction with Hashem because it's just setting an, in, with what Hashem has in store and living alignment with Hashem. It's setting an intention and defining, you know, Hashem, this is how I envision my greatest expression of health. Being, you know, energized, zrizis, alacrity, helping my fellow friend, looking at this person positively. Um, my body is mobile and, and um, I'm just, I move so nice and easily. There's no, I don't have any strains, whatever the case may be for, for you. It's defining it, but you're also not confined to it. So say something, meaning, say, you know, I envision that my greatest expression of health is being able to, you know, be 170 pounds with six-pack abs, etc. That, in a, in a sense, you can have that as, as a vision to, to, to focus on and that can lift, lift you up, so to speak. But... It would only be a hindrance if if that becomes if you're confined to it, because that's where Hashem really is the ultimate guide, and he he knows what's the best. He's lighting, but this is setting an intention, purpose towards this is I I want to cultivate health, not just because I want to, meaning an ego way, but it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to be healthy, and in being healthy. I can help more people. I can fulfill more of Hashem's will. I can learn more, which means in learning more, being able to, to help more, etc., and be more of a, a shliach for Hashem. <coughs> so that's just a, a little bit slash a lot about uh, the, the meditation. Um, a little bit on more physical things that we can do is um, nutrition, and including... Uh, fasting. Some of you might be familiar with the concept of intermittent fasting, but uh, I mentioned earlier there's these type of windows that um, <coughs> windows of time of when it's opt when are the best times to eat that so your sleep will be well and then just also energy throughout the day. But um, fasting has some of the benefits of fasting you have increased 
uh, energy, your body has a uh, body composition composition improves. It improves your gut health. Your gut health, uh, some might be familiar with it being like your second brain because there's a direct uh, link through the vagus nerve from your gut to your brain. So if we can look also at our food as information, the food is being digested and going to the gut. If we're feeding it unhealthy, processed, high starchy, sugary foods, then it's going to be very hard to be like physiologically to be full of alacrity and and full of energy because we're giving our body you know the wrong fuel that it that it requires um additionally brain health because also that connection and uh appetite and appetite regulation as well when i whenever i recommend this uh you know fasting and coffee doesn't break a fast according to some research um, whenever I recommend, you know, fasting till maybe after um, davening, I always hear the, um, yes, the Tzemach Tzedek would tell, I think it was the Tzemach Tzedek would tell his, uh, his, his uh, granddaughter or his daughter that, you know, it's better to eat to, uh, to daven rather than to daven to eat. But there's, there's also a lot of... Um, you know, even the, uh, Rabbi Shneur Zalman of Diyadi, the Alter Rebbe, talks about how, and I think in, in a, it's a chalakha not to eat until after. But also there's a lot of these benefits, and, and it's, it's depending also on what you eat, because we're all personalized in it with, our, with ourselves, and it's all very individualistic. But it's going, if, say, somebody wants to adopt that, and try, you know, I'm not going to eat until after that. And so I'm giving my body between 12 to 16 hours of fasting and not eating food, which is how you would really um, kind of get the most of these different benefits. Um, the, this, um, it would, at first, it might be a little bit of a challenge because somebody might be familiar familiar with eating before that but with practice and over some uh, many days or however many days it become more and more routine and somebody might be able to um, ex realize and see the the benefits uh, from that you, ha you had a question I was just clarifying like you're saying to intermittent fast in the sense of like from dinner at like 6 mm -hmm. uh, 45 whatever until yeah until after davening like 10 o'clock yeah, well, it's so it also depends on when um, when somebody stops. Like the dinner we have here is pretty early. It's around 6.45. Right. Let's say you finish at um, 7, let's just say 7.30. So there's different ranges of which you can do it. The most benefits of where the body really has this cleanse, so to speak, is around 16 hours some people will even go to 16 18 hours but you're still getting most of the benefits as well if you do 12 to uh, 12 14 12 15 whatever the case may be uh, I can't say that I always do uh, 16 but say you finish at 730 then what is that 10 uh, 30 and you're saying also that it's better it's 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 preferable to have the majority of it be while you're sleeping, or is there a certain amount to doing it while you're sleeping oh. versus intermittent fasting while you're awake? Um, 
well the body over during the sleep is also going through that it's like whole cleanse like the brain right. and the body is just like fully cleansed yeah. yeah um I, I don't really know of any i haven't heard anything of like you saying somebody maybe just fast i mean but you're not really going to eat over the night anyways right so it makes more sense basically is what yeah i mean some people might do the kind of maybe they eat breakfast and then don't eat again another like maybe say they eat at 8 a.m and then they don't eat till yeah i mean you hear all kinds of combinations you know with different people might, uh, yeah experiment. well that's also a part of it is the experiment ex experimentation you know <clears throat> because nutrition and health is very personalized a lot of the coaching and and, te and teaching comes in is helping s somebody really begin to you know experiment on on their own obviously um in a mature and responsible way and uh, etc yes what's the benefit of intermittent fasting so uh, just a couple that i have down is you it increases your en energy weight loss is one so instead of let's say i'm um your your body is it's gaining the energy from the previous food that it's been eating mm -hmm. as opposed to the, maybe there's food that one just would eat. Mm -hmm. You also have, um, well, in that way, it kind of helps the body composition. So it's like burning a lot of the uh, fat. If a person's uh, hungry, you know, I would say eat and don't eat when you're not hungry. Right? Yeah. Well, that, but, the, but the part of it is at, at first you may feel a little bit hungry. Yeah. But part of the practice is to to get beyond that feelings of hunger. Not meaning I'm resisting that. It's it's being in it's being able to be in tune yeah. with when am I really hungry or am I just wanting something to eat? Yeah. Sometimes in the morning, let's let's say before uh, before or davening or whatever it is, and this is hence also the meditation the, at the beginning is is important because we may just want to go grab something but are we really hungry or is it just uh, something's routine bothering maybe or, for what it's, it could be like routine or routine like, you know. exactly that's that's uh, that's another big part of uh, the, the meditation is to become how can i become familiar with a lot of the things that i do by habit throughout throughout the day um another surefire way to lose weight is eat less calories so you don't have to fast necessarily from a certain time, this mm -hmm. amount of hours, but for each one of your meals, eat a little bit less calories, like a little bit less food or put less, you know, oil or whatever, something that has mm -hmm. a lot of calories, low, limit the amount of calories yeah. and a person just naturally... For, for which benefit? Lose, lose like losing weight. Losing weight. That's the, so, the one thing that works across the board. Yeah. Less calories equals less weight. <coughs> there's, there's a lot of different uh, opinions because... Also, on one hand, if we just look at calorie restriction, then, you know, you, somebody could just have a Twinkie, a kosher Twinkie. Uh, good thing, but it's not nutrition. So it's really not about calorie deficit or quantity, but the quality of the food that you're eating. So that's why I, I, I had a, a little point. You know, if you're eating something in the morning before davening, if it's, you know, maybe a healthy kind of meal or a healthy snack, uh, or healthy mizoines, it can be good, it could be beneficial. But if you're having, you know, something that's really starchy or sugary, etc., then it might not be the most the most <laughs> beneficial. Because that also, like like we were talking about, it's information. So if you're feeding your body information that 
it doesn't know what to deal with, it stores it as fat, and then you you might be sluggish and tired. Yes. Um, just because we have a few more minutes. Oh uh, yeah. Talking about like exercise and stretching. Uh huh. Like, yes. Thank you for the the time. Um, so uh, <laughs> in the when it comes to like exercise, exercise movements, stretching, uh, posture. Also a quick thing because most of the things we're doing here uh, throughout the day at yeshiva is sitting and learning because the word to sit in Hebrew is in the word yeshiva, to, to sit. So when you're, when you're learning something, it's a place of sitting. I was actually just, I'm, I'm listening to this audio book and it was talking about seven ways to really improve your study. And one of them is your posture. And the, your body language not doesn't just have an effect on like how other people pick up on like you or or read how somebody's you know paying attention or whatever the case may be, but also on your own psyche, on your own approach to everything. So if you're uh, leaning over and 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 slumped and and trying to learn like this, like you might be really into it, but what are you what are you showing your what are you telling your body is that. You know, I'm, I'm tired, I'm, I'm, sl- I'm slung, I'm fatigued. It's, it's not as much an expression and learning and, and receiving as like upright, having something you know, a little bit away from you, which, which facilitates greater breathing and circulation that's going through your brain and throughout the body, in which even just right now as I'm talking to you guys like this, as opposed to leaning over, it's a lot more of an expression of, of outwardness an outwardness, that's like simcha. This is like your state of being that you're, you're learning in also has a, a large uh, effect as opposed to closed off. It's a lot more, more open. When it comes to uh, exercise, do you have any specific um, in, in questions or interest in regard to uh, exercise? Yes. Probably. What do you want? No, you don't have any? Okay. Um, are there any exercises that can help to benefit your GI? Your genetic? Your uh, gastrointestinal tract? Because I know you were saying that the, that the intermittent fasting yeah. is true, but is there anything you can do? Because it's a big problem for me. Yeah. I didn't have to do. Well, I, mean, I would think a, a, any kind of um, movement would really help with that. Just the fact of being able to get up and, and move around it would help out the body with... Uh, with being able to cleanse itself and to and work on that. Question, do you recommend stretching? Because I know a lot of people say that yeah. stretching in the morning is like yeah. really beneficial to their health. Definitely. Can I, can I jump in for a second? Yeah, yeah. Regarding uh, gastrointestinal uh, digestive benefits, yeah. definitely recommend eating more fiber, more fiber-rich fiber. foods. It's very good for digestion. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I appreciate that. You could, like, you, one start maybe is to try the intermittent fa- fasting, right. allowing the body to really cleanse itself. You might also experience a lot more clarity of mind through fasting. And then when then then work on what the different kind of foods uh, that you're eating. But when it comes to to exercise, I don't have specific like exercise I can and show show you right now. But there's definitely you know different. Just taking ten minutes, doing a couple of jump, just getting the heart rate up first thing in the morning will will have a profound effect. Even let's say since most of the learning is going on through the day, we have, if, if you were to exercise before 
the Hasidists, you have to get up quite early, especially if also you want to adopt practicing meditation. Um, but you have, like around the lunchtime, maybe you can, one thing that I started doing this, this second week that I've been here is grabbing food, taking it to the room, and then doing some, some yoga to stretch the body or going on a walk to get the get the just get the body moving and then you can eat it might be a little bit colder unless you have a um, microwave like the zakharia zakharia also has got great quality like water and and stuff which which is a whole nother you know topic of water um another another one one actually powerful tool to add in there and we'll we'll kind of um come to an end I'll, I'll 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 mention two two more things and then just finish with this kind with like mindset um but when you go to the mikvah or you take a shower finish your shower with with cold especially here in new jersey it's really cold but the cold water has a lot of a profound effects not on your on your um metabolism on your physical health but also on your brain health a lot of the similar benefits that you that I was mentioning with meditation, as far as like even slowing down the brain waves, your skin has a lot of like um, receptors, tiny receptors throughout it, and the cold when the cold hits the water, it sends like a signal to the brain that actually um, slows down the brain wave, so to speak. It has this antidepressive effect, which is powerful, and if you also obviously if you were to just jump in in it or jump into a cold pool it could be harmful because you could your your breathing is gonna your body can go into shock shock. so that's where also a lot of uh responsibility before time doing proper breath work uh comes into to play when it comes to just taking a a shower it's not going to be that much of a shock it's going to be pretty dang cold but that's where you can practice your breathing which it boosts your immune system as well, which will help uh, in your case about like the, your uh, gastrointestinal tract, all of that. And that also just have a profound effect on your day and in your body's natural ability to burn calories throughout the day, etc. Just a, a final uh, <coughs> thing as far as mindset goes, like we, were, we started with this, uh, with the parable, the, the, the mindset that the guy adopted and the, the second guy is less rigid. He's not identifying with the threats that's happening, but he's a lot more calm. He's fluid. He knows what's important. He knows he, he's looking after his health, but ultimately he's, he's, he's centered. So the, the approach to everything, to, to all of it, to, to eating properly, to, to meditation, to, to learning, isn't to be so rigid that it like has to be this way. Or even like with, well, like even with on, on Shabbat, say on Shabbat we eat challah and, and uh, you know, sweets and etc. whatever the case may be. The focus, and because when I've worked with different people, it's, if, if we approach eating, let's say, a cake or, or a certain meal that's we could categorize as not, not the most healthiest, and we are going to say, man, I'm not going to feel well after I eat this, or I'm going to feel bloated, or 
this isn't good for my my gut, you know, whatever the case may be. Because we also mentioned our thoughts and our words have so much power and impact, I'm anticipating this this experience before it happens. I'm almost, not almost, it's, it's as if I am telling my body, when I eat this, respond this way. So yes, on one level, the food is not the best, but it's, it's similar to like, let's say I have a cut on my arm. There's the physical thing that's there, which is painful, but also a lot of it is the mental volume. So if I'm eating, let's say a piece of cake, you know, enjoy it. Not, man, if I eat this, and then you have also that guilt or whatever the case may be, you're, you're only making the, the problem worse, so to speak. But if you eat the, eat the food and you eat it with, a, with an inner state of simcha, in a way, then you're, you're treating yourself. It's not... And you're serving Hashem because also those, that, those, those negative thoughts aren't coming from a holy place, they're, they're foreign. Okay, since you are leaving for your family, um, we're to end the mimer and so, try to repeat. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll open up if, if anybody has any questions, um, but to, just to review, the whole, the whole concept is, what is different pockets throughout our day that we can be more intentional and look at our health from more of a standpoint of who we are truly is a soul within our body and our and and health is an ex- expression in a way that we can, is is who we really are so it's it's not a matter of doing this to build health or to make health but ultimately return to our natural state of uh, of health of of being um, but thank you for everyone that uh, showed up if you have any have any questions have any if you have any pers- personal questions we have or to do this, again we have to do this like uh, every day every week uh, once a week I want to thank you for looping your mental and spiritual health and you know I feel like yeah. a lot of people miss that and that was very important yeah it's it's one thing you the, the Baal Shem Tov says that uh, I think it was the Baal Shem Tov Zohar you'll find the quote from a lot of different Rebbeim or different sources, but the, the outer world is an expression of the inner world. So there, there is this concept that we have spirituality and, and physical and mental, but really it's all, inter, on, all interconnected. If you help out your physical in, the, in, a, in a holy way, it will influence your mental, and in that way it will influence your connection with Hashem. Because if I'm feeling well, and I'm taking care of my body for the right reasons, that influences the way that I'm thinking. So if I'm thinking positively about my other, my fellow friend or whoever, or I'm looking at challenges that I'm experiencing from a place of, this is a challenge, but it's here to teach me something, and I'm looking at it from this positive standpoint, then that also is directly influenced with my connection with Hashem, because then I'm not resisting whatever comes up. I'm not labeling something as, as bad or why is this happening to me? Because I have, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm mentally sharp, and in that way I'm also uh, aligned with, with Hashem and, and, and what, what He's um, expressing or revealing to me this, this day. Any other uh, questions?
Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for. <coughs> I, it's it's a passion and uh, of mine, but it's also thank uh, thank you guys for showing up and for 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 acknowledging to yourselves that your your health is really important. And uh, I, th I've, I think I've spoken to some of you guys throughout my time here is that it's not an end of, its, of itself, but through being healthy, you can, you can it's, it's, it itself is a mitzvah. And in that way, you're also fulfilling other mitzvahs, doing, going out of your way. As we learned a couple of weeks ago, you <laughs> how can you, how can you do kedusha, holy um, stupidity if you're, if you're, you know, feeling down and shut off from, from possibility. You're not going to be open to, um, you know, these hashkacha pratis moments or these in synchronicity in, in secular or scientific languages. Like, and I have a, a couple of friends, some of you guys may have uh, met, where you say yes to doing something for somebody that seems so illogical but then it leads to you meeting somebody else and maybe you get married to that person or whatever the case may be. <laughs> so. Did you ever learn Rambam Hilchas Deus? That was at the beginning of, of the, of the uh, three chapters or uh, of his... I, I'm pretty sure I did. He talk, that's where he talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilchas Deus. He talks about health related things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things over there he says is not to eat uh, a big meal, meal two hours before going to bed mm -hmm. and he says first thing in the morning that you should exercise yeah it's good for, for body yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exercise a little bit in the yeah morning. Oh, a lot of he, he mentioned uh, Zachariah exactly mentioned exactly yeah Zachariah mentioned uh, Rambam Maimonides and a lot of the stuff also modern sciences are coming out with are aligning with uh, Rambam and this is from the, the 12th century the 11 1100s and he, most, if not all of the things that he's saying, like Zachary just brought up that he recommends, you know, eating, uh, not eating between two, two hours or so before bed. I've seen some even four hours before bed, like just having some kind of relaxing tea. Um, he also mentioned exercising in the morning, um, etc. But he also had this approach of that if you true, I read this book called... Uh, I have to find it. I have on my website. I wrote like uh, as a blog. Uh, um, uh, 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 I'll give you in a bit. But I wrote. Uh, it was a book from Maimonides. I don't remember the title at the moment. But he has in there some that if you truly desire, it, your physical, mental, and spiritual health can work in harmony. And that was his. That was his main mission. And um, I hope to to express that as well. That you know with as the times are, are are going not just with our modern science but also just the 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 thriving and continuation and realization of the what Hasidus is teaching so that's why I've, I've loved to merge Hasidic wisdom with holistic wellness uh, you know is really you know a way to to reveal uh, the days of Mashiach uh, that are that are constantly arriving into our, our awareness uh, every moment. Amen. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I hope this episode brought you some really great value. 
If you enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor Podcast. I'm always looking out for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, please check out SolomonEzra.com. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A. That's where you can also sign up for newsletters, read about blogs, and hear my different podcasts. Take care.